Well, good morning again. Well, uh, I, it, today's the first Sunday of Advent, so things are a little bit more Christmassy here than they were last week. And I don't know what it's looking like in your house, but in our home, things are starting to look a little bit more Christmassy there, too. Um, and uh, this includes like decorations. Decorations have been put up. I thought I was going to have a picture. Oh, there it is. But that's not even my house, so it doesn't really matter. That's stock photo for you right there. I turned around like you're expecting, like, hey, Josh is Josh's living room. It's not. Um, I don't know where that came from. It looks lovely, though, doesn't it? Anyways, you know, our house has gotten to be a little bit more uh, Christmassy. There's decorations have gotten up. Christmas music is being listened to and practiced. Michelle's a part of our Christmas Eve service, and so there's already some some rehearsals happening there. Plans are being made to get together with friends and family. Uh, Presents are being bought. And uh, that's just, you know, Christmas is starting to move. Now, I don't know how your fall has gone, but for us as a family, one part of our story has been sickness this year. We're one of those families who seems to have had somebody with a cold more often than not. And so as, a part, as, as we're anticipating all this good stuff around Christmas, there's a part of us that's just hoping that we'll be healthy enough to enjoy Christmas this year. That, you know, we can do the, we're hoping that we can enjoy the things that we want to enjoy. Now, in the grand scheme of things, hoping that we don't get a cold is is. It's small. We know. We know that there's, there's folks, and maybe this is you this morning, who are hoping for some much bigger things this year because, well, it's been a bit of a rough year. Maybe you're hoping for a positive health change. You know, they're not talking about colds, but you're waiting to hear back about diagnosis or, or, or treatment plans, and, and what you're hoping for is just physical health and well-being. Or maybe what you're hoping for is that there'll be healing in a broken or strained relationship. That is what you're hoping for. Or maybe we're hoping for rest because this last year has just been hard and we're feeling burnt out. Or maybe what we're hoping for is clarity about the future. I mean, we know that something needs to change, but we're just not sure what. Or we're anticipating new and different things, but it's just we aren't getting there. And we aren't sure what that picture is that we're walking towards. And so we're looking for clarity. Whatever it is that we're hoping for. One thing that we know for sure is that hope isn't always easy to come by. In fact, sometimes hope is hard, isn't it? You know, for God's people in Scripture, hope was not easy either. In fact, there were all sorts of reasons why hope was hard for them. But the Christmas story is about hope, and this first Sunday of Advent is about hope. It's about how God shows up in the middle of the really hard stuff to bring about change in ways that only He can. And this sense of hope is what is is behind a vision that we find in Isaiah chapter 2 that I want to read for us this morning. Starting in verse 2. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all all nations will stream to it. Many people will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of, of of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, and the word of the Lord will go from Jerusalem. He will judge between nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord." This right here is a vision of a time when God would come and he would, he would sit on the throne as, as his people's good king, and he would make things right in ways that would have seemed totally and completely impossible. 
In verse 4, if we were to reread verse 4, we would see how when God is king, that injustice, animosity, conflict, and violence, stuff that just seems far too normal for us, all of that will be replaced by God's rule as he will settle disputes, as he will, will bring justice, and whose presence, by the way, brings peace. And if you looked at that image, it's really kind of fantastic because it's not somebody just setting their gun off to the side and said, we'll come back to this if we need this later. It's just like, I'm never going to need this again, so I'm going to turn this into something I can actually use. It's a wonderful uh, descriptor of what God's peace looks like. And this is the vision for God's people about what it looks like when God is on the throne. Now, when people read a passage like this, this phrase, in the last days, kind of jumps out, doesn't it? And what can come to mind are some speci- is some specific endpoint in history. But a specific endpoint in history isn't, uh, is not necessarily the intended meaning of what we f- read here in Isaiah. Rather, it's a, it's a phrase that points to a, a, a moment or even moments in the future when God's promises will come true. And the hope of this passage is that one day God will come as king and all of these good things and more will become reality. And as we prepare for Christmas, what we are doing is we are preparing for a key moment in time when God's promises came true. When Jesus arrived to be God's king for his people. See, Jesus came to bring God's kingdom into to, to earth teaching us his ways, showing us what it looks like, and then entrusting his followers with the mission to carry on with the life and love of the kingdom of God so that our friends and family and neighbors and whole communities can experience the kingdom of God for themselves. And so all of this is true. The kingdom of God is here. Well, at the same time, we live in hope of that time when Jesus will bring to completion his kingdom project. That time when, when justice and love and peace will become a forever reality. And so at Christmas, we celebrate that in Jesus, God's hope has come. While at the same time, we wait in anticipation. We wait in hope for when, God's, when all of this will come and be fully realized. As we look at our, this passage from Isaiah, the closing line says, Come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And this right here is an invitation for, for, for God's people who've grabbed hold of, of this image of hope. And, and, and it's an invitation to stick close to God and to stick close to his ways. You know, as a local church, we want to be a community who walks in the light of the Lord. Living in this hope that Jesus, ha- that Jesus has and he continues to change our lives and that he has the power to change our world. And in particular, on our anniversary today, we pause to recognize that for 44 years, God has used us to help people find and live in the hope of Jesus. And in particular, this morning, we want to celebrate how God has been at work in our church this past year. You know, indeed, the last couple of years have been kind of abnormal, haven't they? But, and we pivoted. Do you remember that word pivot that we probably overused for about six months? We, we pivoted to, to, do our, to do church differently. And for the most part, I'm proud of what we, what we did during that time. Yeah, if we had a chance to go back in time, we'd redo some things for sure. But I'm pretty proud of how we pivoted to engage in our mission but over the past year, there's been a renewed excitement and energy here that makes me believe that God is doing something special. 
Now, do we know exactly what God is doing? No, of course we don't. But we can commit to walking in the light of God together, anticipating that God is at work in this church family to bring about things that only he can do. And this is the hope that we have as individuals, as a community, that God's mission has not stopped, that that God's purposes have not gone off course, that the chaos that that we feel is not out of God's control. Rather, we have the hope that because Jesus is the king, that he is administrating his justice and bringing his reconciliation and peace, we have that hope, and he's inviting us to be a part of that. And so this morning... As we move into our time of communion, this is an opportunity for us to commit to walking in the light of the Lord together. And to be living in this hope as we celebrate communion. See, communion is an opportunity to celebrate what Jesus has done in our lives and to recommit ourselves to to Jesus and his mission of hope. And so as we participate in communion together this morning, we are both remembering and celebrating, but we're recommitting ourselves to, to what is to come, despite the fact that we might not know exactly what is to come, but that we are committing to walking in the light of God in the hope that Jesus is king and he has included us in his mission. I'd ask you to join me in prayer now. Lord Jesus, we want to say thank you for just today. Lord, for the fact that we get to celebrate, uh, have got to celebrate faith and what you are doing in someone's life, in Cheryl's life, we want to say thank you for that. We want to say thank you for the presence of the kids that bring such energy to our church community and for the opportunity that we have to minister to them. Lord, thank you for them. Lord, help us to entrust, uh, uh, help us to, to, to be faithful with the good gifts that you've given us and with the mission to raise up kids who have life and hope in Jesus. Lord, thank you for this opportunity. God, this morning as we come to communion, we, we, we confess that we aren't always as hopeful as we want to be. Lord, that there are things that have, have grabbed our attention and have taken our minds and our, and our hearts and our, our actions to some, some places that we're not proud of. Lord, places that would not be honoring to you. And so, Lord, this morning as we, we, we prepare for communion, God, we ask that you would help us. We ask that you, we would experience your freshness. Lord, that we would experience your forgiveness and your grace. And Lord, that we would recommit ourselves to to following you. God, meet us in this communion celebration. God, as a church family, God, we recognize that you have brought us together with a purpose. Lord, that you are at work here. And Lord, that we don't do it alone. And so Lord, as we celebrate communion, God, we, we remember that we have brothers and sisters. And Lord, we ask that you would form a bond between us that cannot be easily broken. Lord, help us to be committed to one another with such deep love. Lord, that we are willing to bear one another's burdens and to willing to work through awkwardness of disagreements. God, we commit ourselves to you today, we pray. In your name, amen. As we close, I'm going to ask if you're able to stand for our benediction. May the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again.
God will make this happen, for he who calls you is faithful. Amen. Have a great week.